You've tuned in the Bellingham Podcast for the week of June 16th, 2019. This is episode 121. From the Republic of Cascadia, I am AJ Barsay. And trying to work on my own identity, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, last week, we talked about life in the Pacific Northwest and the culture that is fairly new compared to the rest of the country. We're continuing that conversation because this is a two-parter, as we talked about last week. So please continue to join the conversation. This, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, is the Bellingham Podcast. Previously on the Bellingham Podcast. This How you doing, Chris? D- it's only been like seconds since we <laughs> asked each other that. I'm doing just great. It's uh, Friday yet again as we're yeah. recording. Uh, we just happened to hit stop on part one. And <laughs> hey, look behind the curtain on podcast creation, kiddies. Uh, AJ, how are you doing now that we've had a two-minute break to talk about this episode? <laughs> You're not supposed to tell everybody that's how we do this. But you know what? What podcasts do give you a look behind the scenes? True. We're going first. Yeah, true. Anyway, true. we just had a good... Uh, half hour conversation because we like to keep it short for the 30 minute commute and also for the time slots that we have on community powered KMRE 102.3 FM and streaming worldwide, nationwide, statewide, countywide, citywide, neighborhood wide at KMRE.org. Like a good neighbor, KMRE is there. Oh, hey now. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go that far, but anyway. Uh, let's continue the conversation. When you last heard us, we were talking about some cultural uh, oddities or uniqueness about the Northwest. We got some more cultural uh, uniqueness that may not be prevalent in other areas of this nation. Hit it. So uh, we left off uh, with accents and stuff, and we're going to sh- keep on with the keeping on with the people. And something else that is unique uh, that might even relate to the language of the, our, our territory. I'm talking tattoos. You know, we see them a lot on television. They're starting to become de rigueur if you're a friend of French. Uh, but I think this is about uh, as personalized a, an area of self-expression uh, yep. as the five adjective cup of coffee you drink while you're here in the PNW. We'll get to That's food in a second. later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for that one. But no, I, I've... What used to be in the late 90s and early aughts, mm-hmm. if I dare say, um, there was a there was a, a little bit of a eyebrow raising uh, trend of lower back tattoos, tattoos yep. and we're not going to use that other term because no. we're keeping this clean and above board. But I'm seeing so many visible professional uh, visible skin ink tattoos. Yeah, same here. I don't know how I feel about that because I'm an old, I'm an old man. I'm I'm in a middle age <laughs> zone, man. and I have zero ink on my body. I know some old men that have some ink on their body. I though. would imagine so, but but, this, but I'm not those men. I'm me. But, but what's interesting that I've noticed in our region is like um, kind of like if you look at tattoo art, there's different like styles of uh, coming from different eras, like Sailor Jerry, that style yes, and era of where tattoo. mother on your uh, bicep like Popeye. Yes, yes, yeah. or you can see like the hula girl like dance as you flex. Or your uncle flexes a certain muscle or whatever, right? Uh, to describe like NPR, AJ is currently flexing his arm, uh, even though he ha- does not have a tattoo of a Dula girl, <laughs> right. nor a tattoo in general. Full disclosures. Right. But no, like I've noticed in the Pacific Northwest, like a lot of our art is really, a, like you see a lot of people wearing natural looking tattoos, such as mountains, a lot of half sleeves of like silhouetted uh, evergreen trees. So let me jump in for a second, AJ, and interrupt you. Uh, for those that may not be ink aware or ink savvy, 
Uh, what is a half sleeve? Half sleeve, like on your arm. A half sleeve is uh, so a full sleeve would be like from the wrist. I am not a tattoo artist, nor do I play one podcast. Me but, neither. Um, you've got like a half sleeve, which would be like the shoulder down to like the arm, or maybe you have like a forearm coming up. Okay. Full sleeve is like from the the wrist all the way up to like your like the rock style, you know, Fair enough. the pectoral type okay. of thing. Fair enough. So that was a half sleeve as you were describing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. I mean like a lot of our ink really kind of showcases the beauty that is the the Cascadian region. Like I, you see a ton of lake or trees, trees or representation of nature, mm-hmm. that type of thing that comes out of our area. So that's uh, that is something of a stereotype, at least in uh, our area in the Republic of Cascadia, uh, Western Washington, uh, Vancouver, Lower Mainland, Upper Oregon, Northwest Oregon. Oregon area, a lot of that around. Yeah, uh, but, and also <laughs> a little bit of a, a fun oddity as we uh, continue on some cultural things. Uh, we have to specify which Vancouver we're referring to. <laughs> this yeah, is so true. Yeah, which is annoying for us, especially because Vancouver, hey Canada, is right what forty five minutes away from us. Well, it's it's about forty five kilometers away oh, from oh, where we're actually whoa, recording. Sorry. <laughs> yes, but also there's oh by the way another Vancouver, Vancouver Washington, Washington exit two. Uh, in if the Washington so, yeah. I-5 exit 2 or so. Uh, we don't have as much confusion with Portland because we really don't acknowledge the Portland and Maine. Well, what's funny is that you bring that up because there is also Bellingham, Maine too. Sup, Maine? I wasn't aware of that. I thought it was like Bellingham, Minnesota. But anyway. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> if, the, if, if, you're, if you're listening to us, uh, the Bellingham podcast, not in Bellingham, Washington, but Bellingham somewhere else, do send us a message. We'd yeah. love to know. I thought it was in Maine. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Massachusetts. It could very well be it, uh, so an M state. Here. Yeah. Not here. Yeah. It's a class M state. It's Captain. a class M state. <laughs> For you Star Trek officials. Make it so, number one. Indeed. Let's talk about food in the Northwest. Because, yes! you know, if there's one thing that I don't see as a cultural stereotype in the Pacific Northwest, which I lament, it's good barbecue. Valid. No, I I hear you there. KC Mo, Southern, Texan, whatever have you, Deep South, East Coast, loves me some barbecue. Yep. But we got but, but we got transplants yeah, that we are do, up here. We do, we do. But we also do something really good that those other regions don't do. We do smoked fish like there's it, it, there's nobody's business. Yeah, we do a lot of smoking smoked salmon. Here. <laughs> we can make salmon taste like candy. We can make salmon taste like it, the best filet mignon will will taste like like ground beef to you compared to what we can do. A, a largely because of our indigenous people. And the the practices around the fish. And not only that, I will say this. We are getting a wonderful melting pot in the Northwest based on where we are in the Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of uh, our our brothers and sisters in planet Earth Mm -hmm. that are coming from other countries that are incredibly skilled and talented uh, in various areas, but you know, a fusion of cuisine styles can also enhance things. But I, I do miss, I do love m- me some barbecue. Oh, trust me, I do. Yeah, you give me some some beef with a good rub and been on a on a poke for oh hours on gosh. end. I got you, dude. Yeah, but I'm getting but, hungry. I mean, it's it's just because int- <laughs> I'm so getting hungry. Right I know now, we should, we shouldn't have done this before. Yeah, dinner, that was but, a bad move. But no, like that's the one unique thing that's interesting because I, I I'm it's funny that you say barbecue because for us smoked is kind of our our bar like uh, the Pacific Northwest version of barbecue we dry we smoke yeah one of the things when uh, that uh, friends from out of state or out of the region when they come to visit and they fly into Seattle Tacoma International Airport we'll pray for you uh, <laughs> and I give them a tour of Seattle because you know they've seen sleepless in Seattle, Seattle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but 
we do know how to make a pretty decent cup of chowder. We do do chowder. In addition to like what may be experienced in the Northeast. Valid, valid. Chowder is defined different. We got a different kind of chowder, uh, which is a claim to fame of a, of a stereotype. We also have, um, we're, we're, we'll talk about other areas of food, but uh, as far as how we consume our food and, and such, we are definitely... Uh, not one to be dining on great grandma's fine bone china no. from the 1800s. We are going eco-friendly. Very much so. And Bamboo, wood plates, yeah. wood utensils. Yes, we're sustainable around here, yo. Yeah, very much. And I think it's more of a growing trend, too. Um, and I think I think that is out of necessity, as, uh, but also out of conscientiousness. I mean, that is something, because we are so plugged into nature, I feel that the, the ramifications of that kind of go farm to table and how we serve it as well. Perhaps as we are surrounded by so much nature in this beautiful green mountain wooded area with water, blue lakes, seas, oceans around us and snow white capped mountain peaks, maybe we're more aware of what our impact can be on the environment, which is why we may be so um, eager yeah. To be eco-friendly as opposed to some who may not have mountains, plains, and seas and, and oh, such. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll drink to that out of my eco-friendly clean canteen uh, reusable uh, mug. Very good. Yeah. So aluminum lined. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, we do have an oddity as far as our food. Um Oftentimes, you'll have these delivery trucks that will bring in food and supplies and things. We in the Northwest like to know where our food's coming from. Yep. We want to know if the chicken uh, was, you know, cage free and did it have a good life? <laughs> did, you know, did he have, did he have a partner? Did, did, did if you don't know what I'm riffing off of, it's, it's the episode of Portlandia. I think a lot of Northwest people listening to this show right now, like, yep, they watch yep, Portlandia. Yep, yep, totally Portlandia. <laughs> Call in the chicken episode of Portlandia. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and we'll talk to Portland in a little bit, but anyway, um, we really care about the quality of our food mm-hmm. and where it comes from and who did it and what were their practices. Like uh, the joke of calling the chicken aside, um, it's interesting because like we do have things like Whole Foods and stuff, but there is a lot, like we have said for 121 episodes, buying local. We want to support our local communities and businesses and agriculture. Yep. You know, uh, CSA boxes are a big deal around here. What are CSA uh, boxes? That's the, the the farming boxes that you can get where like the farmer picks the the different things and you pick up a box of different vegetables and oh, stuff. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, CSA. Cool. Um, so yeah, like that's a big thing here. Community um, sustainable agriculture. Yes. I just made that up. I don't know if that's it or not, but hey. My wife will check it. There you go. She, she's in agroecology. <laughs> thanks, AJ's uh, wife. <laughs> thanks, honey. Uh, but no, um, we we definitely want to know not just what we're putting in our bodies, but like where it came from. And we are huge advocates of things like we're, we come from the Apple state. And I find it funny when I see th- apples not from Washington state because they're never selling. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's just it's things like that. We have honey crisp apples from a specific apple place here. Yes. You know, that we will go to first before we get a red delicious. Uh-huh. You know, no, I love me my honey crisp. Um, I'm going to I'm going to pull the pin on a conversational stereotypical grenade here, folks. Uh, so buckle up. Um, when I was growing up in the 80s, one of my favorite shows was Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. That's right. And I watched so many jingles, uh, commercial jingles in between television shows. Uh, The King of Beers. Tonight is kind of special. Uh, Tonight, let it be low and brow. Um, I'm (laughs) riffing, you know, like uh, and and such. And so I was kind of inundated with um, a lot of drank 
advertisements. But guess what? We're in the 21st century and we're about to enter a new decade. Residents in the Northwest in Cascadia have a master's degree in beer snobbery. <laughs> it's not just domestic, uh, you know, the, the popular domestics you might find all around the country. Oh, no, we know our beer and we don't like anything that doesn't cater to these 5 million microbrews that we got around this region. Just today, 5 million today. Just today. And Tomorrow it's growing. Be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 5.5 million. Uh, no, we, we definitely uh, know... Our IPAs, yes. our porters, our stouts, yeah. our blondes, our wheats, our ciders are now starting oh, yeah. to creep in. Cousin Cider's coming over to visit. He wants you to drink them too. Uh, so, and help. It, but but also it goes back to what I just said. We want to know, we we want to support local agriculture. Like a lot of these brews are coming out of our our. Uh, our own neighborhoods, you yeah. know, um, like cideries and such distilleries. I'm thinking like Bellwood Acres. They do gin. Yep. You know, oh, and tasty stuff. Should you be uh, one to have a drink? Let's stop right here. Here's <laughs> oh. my here's my usual uh, bit during the podcast. Uh, we want to say straight out that we support all of our heroes that are currently uh, in recovery. We never want to say or do anything that might make you hurt. And so while we are talking about alcohol, uh, we certainly don't condone it, especially if you are underage or if you're going through recovery. Very good legal speak. Anyway, <laughs> but no, uh, it's just interesting because like we have a lot of distilleries and breweries and cideries and it's each each place that you have that drank has a very unique terroir. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm thinking about the guys down uh, down in Oregon, 40 and 20, sub mm -hmm. guys. And they talk about on their show, they usually talk about the different brews that they are talking about locally. And it's very region specific. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Rainier beer folks. While that was huge in the 80s, because I remember that jingle, it was simply a motorcycle, Rainier Beer. <laughs> that was awesome in the early 80s. Sing along if you know the words, folks. Uh, but no, it's been kind of decentralized. Yes. Uh, in which it's really easy to have a small batch brewing company made out of your artisanal, your, 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 crafted, artisanal, that's put it. those type of things. And artisanal, crafted, vintage, that type of thing. That's definitely a part of our Pacific Northwest culture. Yep. And so we've gone for about maybe 45 minutes so far without uh, tackling the real stereotype that exists in the Pacific Northwest. And that, of course, is coffee. Oh, Really? That's a thing here? Yeah. How's that a thing? Well, you know, uh, this company started in the late 70s, I think. Did Starbucks? I think. You, you said it! You well, because we're talking about the cultural significance of Starbucks. The, I've been to the original Starbucks. Yes, Before we all it was, If you're every, from this area, you've been to the original one. I, but I know, but for those, you know, five people that uh -huh. aren't. But no, like, it's interesting because you did not say the green labeled uh, or green labeled white cupped uh, coffee house because originally it was brown. Yes. You know, but we could say Mermaid Lady Coffee. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we've already talked about the coffee obsession that we have in this area because the weather makes us want to stay indoors. Even though we are outdoorsy, we like to have a good cuppa. Look, we're like the Danish. I'm just saying. We like our uga. Yes, we like our Coffee uga. houses are uga. It's a stereotype of the Northwest. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of green-labeled uh, uh, coffee and stuff like that, this is a stereotype. It's legal in our state now. Yeah, it's legal. And so we have green shops with a lot of clever names. Yeah. No, they're not. No, Chris, I will go on. They're not clever named. They're not. They, no. Are they eye-rolling to you? Yes, they are. Okay. Well, for some, it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, and some, for some others, it may not be. So 
I don't want to do another no, disclaimer. Dispensaries, Ooh, yeah. Let's move on. Anyway. Um, but one one uniqueness about the Northwest, and maybe this is the case down south or in the Midwest or in the Plains or in, even in the south. How many of you all out there are willing to wait 45 minutes for brunch on the weekends? That's normal. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, probably not in the East Coast. They want their food like right now. That was oh. a snap of my fingers, not Thanos' snap, but it was my snap. They want their stuff right now because they got to do that. They're in motion. They got stuff to yeah, do. Yeah, New York Minute. Oh, I didn't think New about York this. New York Minute. Yeah. And so we may have adopted something from the Southern California, L.A. mindset. It's all good <laughs> in the hood, dude. I don't mind waiting and looking on my phone and my Instagram feed while I'm waiting 45 minutes to get my plate of artisanal eggs uh, from a from a, a GMO-free uh, pen and my ham that was uh, corn-fed in my backyard for uh, brunch, dude. Wow, that was a rant. It, ca- it was, and uh, we're not offending anybody because oh, I'm, we're, I'm mocking, we're we mock everybody, including <laughs> ourselves. But anyway. no, I didn't think about that. You're right. Like maybe, maybe we are on surfer time. I don't know. It could very well be a cultural thing that we like our food the way we like our food, and we don't mind waiting and paying a little bit extra price than the three ninety nine blue plate special at a national chain restaurant that might be able to have quick turnover Valid. Uh, for that. But so. also along that same lines, like you know, the, if it wasn't for Starbucks and their um, I don't know, highly consumerized, uh, consumerizing the the lifestyle of coffee, we would mm. not have the $6 cup of coffee because yeah. back when they first got started, you know, going to a, any diner, you know, it's like 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar yep. for a cup of coffee. And now how much is your mocha chakalaka lacamino? About 525 with tip. Bingo. Yeah. So uh, that's that's an oddity of the, the Northwest as far as a stereotype that we always wait for a breakfast. But talk to me about this cream cheese hot dog. Did Asia. you not know this? Oh, I've had them before, but you tell have? me, uh, but okay. I ha- I've had them, but then they're in unique circumstances. They are. Usually they're around stadiums, like you'll find it at Quest or Clink or whatever okay. it's named today. Um, but T-Mobile. No, T-Mobile. No, CenturyLink is... Yeah, I don't remember, dude. Stadium? Anyway, moving on. I don't on. remember. It's but around it, the big stadiums. But no, we have like uh, the East Coast. They've got their style of dogs. We've got yes. our dogs. They've and, got Philly steaks. Yep. And they've got the, the, the Nathan's famous or Nathan's uh, famous dogs. We got... We got Seattle style dogs. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who the originator is. If you do know, shoot us a message. Yeah. I've got a link in the show notes. Drink about the fact that cream cheese slathered hot dogs is a Seattle thing. That's a Seattle dog. I discovered it back uh, way before I met my wife. Back when I was a bachelor and had a different hair color. Uh, downtown Seattle, in proximity to a stadium in Pioneer Square, which was a downtown location where there's a lot of drinking establishments. Uh, after hours, there's these carts. Yeah, the vendors. And a buddy of mine had in, uh, introduced me to the world of the cream cheese dog. Dog with uh, un- uh, grilled onions and, and stuff. And I'm like, the, on paper, these ingredients don't no match. match. But man. Oh, it was tasty good, at 2 a.m. Isn't, it? So isn't it? We've got a lot of food uh, stereotypes around here. I, I can see a little bit more in the future, but we'll save that yeah, for yeah, we'll save a different episode. one. Coffee, uh, salmon, or seafood. We've got our own kind of seafood stuff around here. Um, uh, microbrews and, of course, the other stuff. So so something before we jump into fashion I want to throw in. There's a, there's a subsection that you inspired me because you talked about jingles. And because you are the king grand pooba of pop culture references, yes. name two shows that were made famous by the Pacific Northwest. Uh, well, let's see. There's Twin Peaks. Bingo. Twin Peaks was filmed. Uh, well, Frasier was in Seattle. Yep. Uh, Twin Peaks was oh, filmed Oh, that's Frasier. That's right. Never forget about Frasier. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because <laughs> Jane Leaves was I you know, had a little bit of a crush on her early on. Uh, Twin Peaks was filmed in on the Eastern Washington. What is it? I five. Um, I forget the name of the town, but that was that was it. Uh, and then, wasn't it Snoqualmie? I think it's on the other side of the pass. Oh, okay. Hey, Twin Peaks fans, help us out here. We I thought it was Snoqualmie that they filmed it. But anyway, yeah. but also uh, Northern Exposure. Yes, Northern Exposure. Which was yes. not filmed in Alaska. And also, uh, I believe, Grey's Anatomy. Well, yeah, Grey's Anatomy because of the... Don't diss the Grey's Anatomy. Oh, my Grey's daughter Anatomy. loved watching Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, no, McSteamy, McDreamy, no, not my thing. Anyway. Okay, you're blaspheming now for all I the ladies I am blaspheming are... and Grey. I'm sorry. Nope, not my thing, yo. Let's move on. They jumped on. the shark when the ferry exploded. You asked me to name two shows. <laughs> I gave you faux. Yes. I think that was four. Anyway, uh, moving <laughs> but anyways, on. I just wanted to point out that the Northwest Seattle area is indeed in pop culture and if in we're, entertainment. If we're going to a Northwest stereotype, we also need to talk about Vancouver being uh, at one time a movie filming capital. Wait, which Vancouver? Vancouver, BC. <laughs> yes. No, I'll never forget uh, the first time I saw Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. They had the audacity to believe that they're portraying New York City, the Bronx, while filming in Vancouver, <laughs> a, a, a completely different city. I'm like, are you kidding me? That was my kind of initial exposure to Vancouver being a film got uh, place. Anyway, let's talk about fashion, fashion. in the Northwest. I got to bust out my umbrella because it always rains up here, right? Before that, let's bust out uh, a nice shout out to Community Powered KMRE 102.3 FM. Community Powered and streaming online at KMRE.org? That's right. So as we're talking about uh, attire and wardrobe, Southern California has theirs. Yeah. The South has theirs because they got a lot of humidity and sure, a lot of hot sure. temps. East Coast buttoned up. Buttoned up and uh, formalized and also bitterly, brizzardly cold. That's a thing. Polar vortexes? Yes. Uh, how are we in the Northwest, AJ? I think we we are an onion. We have lots of layers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Lots of layers, lots of, uh, yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. But no, it. like I love watching anything, any any uh, pop culture reference or, or film that uses Seattle as its basis. And if anybody walks into the scene with a black umbrella, that's not a thing. Yeah, we don't do the umbrellas here that's in the PNW. No, no, North Face, uh, you could have, even a hoodie would be closer. Even though I'd say Pacific Northwest Attire is brought to you by a Gore-Tex and yes. most, mostly. Okay. Fair enough. I will not invoke the word athleisure. There's, you just a, did. Well, no, I mean, that's not our attire. Athleisure, right, no, we don't roll like that. No, 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 but it, it, it's starting to creep in, I have noticed. Yeah. But our athleisure, before that was a thing, Athleisure in the Pacific Northwest means that you probably rocked either REI or North Face or Eddie Bauer, yeah. see previous episode on yes. their history, because literally you would work nine to five and then at 530, grab a, a pint and then by six, hit a trail like or vice versa. You yes. know what I mean? Like our athleisure was tech style clothing that would work for the office and then your outdoor office. Multifunctional, pragmatic, if you will. It wasn't just like I have this outfit for this time frame of the day. Now I'm going to yeah. switch and change clothes. We're on the go still. Yeah, because the if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. It's going to change in the Pacific Northwest. Right. Exactly. So you have to be prepared for everything. So anyway, if you're if you're new to the Northwest or you might be visiting the Northwest, don't bring an umbrella. Yes. TSA won't like it. Uh, no. And no. Uh, bring a hat. Only Mary Poppins will. 
Right. And uh, but let's talk about some other accessories yeah, yeah. that uh, we have, which is kind of so curious with is, the weather. So this is something that has been a reoccurring trope that I've noticed in the news every so often. But I went as far back as 1993 as this initial report. And that is that Seattle buys more Ray-Bans per capita than any other city in the United States. You went back a quarter century. I did, because this <laughs> comes up every so often and yeah. everybody always goes, wait. Seattle, not not Southern California, San Diego, or how does that work? And that is largely because there was other studies that we will get, we will throw down on nice pair of sunglasses. It's yes. like, oh yeah, this is great. Finally, summer is here. By the end of summer, which is like, you know, two months, <laughs> we put them away. We either lose them, break them or whatever. And so we end up buying another pair the yeah, next season. I can understand that. And, and I'll, I'll give my full disclosure here. I'm a resident of the Northwest, even though in the previous episode, I'm only 57% PNW life is as this quiz uh, that we got in the show notes. But if there's any chance that I might see a shadow, I'm putting on my sunglasses. Same here. Same here. Uh, because we don't, we only see the sun every now and then. And even in October or November, if there is a brief sunbreak, they go on. Uh, I'm an Oakley man myself, not much of a ray but that's all good. Yeah, yeah, but, but the just... fat, that statistic is really ironic because you would think Southern California or Arizona. Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. I also think part of this is that because we're so active also, oh, I would love to go diving near like <laughs> a lot of our like Boulevard Park and yeah. stuff because I imagine there are some sweet goodies at the bottom of that. I can imagine. <laughs> they fall lot, over. Uh-huh, yeah. Off people's heads mm-hmm. as they're looking at. Yeah, Kayaking, exactly. yeah. So let's throw some people under the bus. What do you say? Oh, I love that. <laughs> what some, to start, right? What are if, Well, if you think so, what are some stereotypes of uh, fashionistas and stuff. Well, much like you wearing flannel and rocking Today, a beard. Today I just happened to wear I know, flannel. you did, you did. Yeah. So no, like flannel is a thing. I think that stems back not just, I'm not talking like swinging an axe flannel, even though a lot of our area, if you look at the olden, uh, old, the good old days of, of television, there was a show that depicted old school Seattle when it was still a logging community. Rocky and Bullwinkle? No, not Rocky and Bullwinkle. That would be Canada. No, there was uh, my my pops is probably like listening to our show right now and screaming at the top of his lungs what the name of this show is. What's the show, pops? <laughs> um, but no, there was this old show I remember watching with my dad where it depicted like old school Seattle and old school Puyallup in the, the logging days and stuff. And no, I'm not talking about lumberjacks. You totally just sideswiped where I was going with flannel. I'm talking about grunge, but before that, it was logging. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I stumped Chris Powell. Yes, you did. No, I'm not aware of this uh, TV oh, show. Hey, I'll, I'll, trust me, by the time this airs, my dad will let me know what All that right, show sounds was. sounds good. But no, I'm, a flannel has kind of a double-edged axe in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, there's the lumberjack esque style that a, comes from our area. A lumbersexual? A lumbersexual. Really? Is yes, that a that's thing? thing? That's oh a thing. Oh my God, I'm old. Beard and like the more rugged looking, the jeans and the, the flannel. But then there's the other side of flannel, which comes out of the 90s, which is grunge era, which is okay. kind of more the flannel, the black and white flannel yeah. that you're wearing. It's not necessarily to keep warm when you're out in the woods. No, you put it around your waist and you metal. Or... I think Kirk Cobain yeah, style. Exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but we also have uh, beards. Beards are lots big of beards. here. Yep. You got one. Yep. I, can, I barely want to grow one and then I get sick of it and I shave it, much to my wife's chagrin. But uh, there are a lot of like full growth. Oh, yeah. Like immaculate. ZZ Top esque beards. There are beard competitions that happen. Yeah. You know, I just, some guys just go, 
and yep. strain and boom, they got a beard. Yeah, growth. no, and, and it's a thing. I mean, it's a thing. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, just thinking about these things are, are, are distracting me a little bit. Um, fleece definitely is a Northwest stereotype. Oh, totally. Because it gets cold, it gets chilly. Yep. We are in a higher uh, latitude uh, to- towards the North Pole compared to Southern California and... Yeah, you got to bring layers, and just in case it gets cold, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what is your fleece of choice? Um, these days, probably North Face, but I mean, I've, North Face, Columbia, yeah, uh, Eddie Bauer. I mean, all of them. I which, think I'm down with Columbia. Yeah, yeah, Patagonia. Yeah. I mean, all of them. Um, well, and, and an oddity that I noticed uh, in this area. <laughs> Why do people wear socks, socks with sandals? sandals? I don't know. Matter of fact, Birkin socks go with your Birkin stocks, apparently. Puke. I don't, I don't, don't look at me. Somebody told me that recently. I'm not a fan of that. I don't know. I don't All know right. if that's a thing, but I was told that was a thing in researching the show as diligently as we mock All our right, show. All right, well, we've had fun. So when this airs or when it's released, happy Father's Day, AJ. Happy Father's Day, Chris. Um, you know, about a month ago, we gave props to all the moms uh, out there for Mother's Day. You know what? AJ and I are dads, and we're going to indulge for a little bit. This is to all the dads out there that are sacrificing, working hard, doing what they can to provide, being faithful, being uh, a loving, partner. being a good partner, being loving, and uh, doing what they got to do for their spouse and their kiddos. Yeah. On behalf of the Bellingham Podcast, here's to you. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. As a as a father of a, a, a toddler, props to what you're doing, AJ, uh, and and how you are dedicating yourself to your kiddos' um, health and well being, and what you're doing with your diet and your in your time, your work life balance. Yeah. Uh, and and you know what? Props to me for having a 17 year old girl. That's, Dude, that's my that's my bit. I was well, going to say props gonna, to you. I'm not like you're, you, you I'm not have, fishing for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Captain Minimalist, but yeah. props to you in the fact that you are also, as a small business owner, do, doing awesome with your work-life balance, raising an awesome teenage daughter, and also being an awesome, loving, and minimalist um, husband <laughs> to your awesome wife. Hi, Chris's wife. Yes, uh, who's a non-minimalist, both of them, and that's all good. Anyway, <laughs> we're doing what we can, and for those dads out there, or for those who are married to dads, or for those who have dads, uh, let them know how much you appreciate them on this uh, Father's Day weekend, if you will. All right, let's wrap it up. That wraps it up for this 121st edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcasts in the Pacific Northwest or otherwise. If you are in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. Community powered and streaming at KMRE.org. Wait, didn't we already do that bit? We just did about 75 seconds ago. (laughs) That's okay. Oh my gosh. I love Cascadia. I'm AJ Barsay. And happy Father's Day once again to all those dads out there. I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham podcast don't forget to say i love you to your dad amen